with all the excitements around tech IPOs, Uber, Lyft, Pinterest, Zoom Media, why are we talking about investing in India? Three great reasons. Reason number one. India's economy is the fastest growing large economy in the world. It's also a big country with a big population. The United Nations expects India's current population of 1.3 billion to keep growing and surpass China by 2024. Reason number two. Asia's elderly population is expected to blow up in the coming years. India, however, is bucking that trend. 65% of its population is below the age of 35. Deloitte, the global consulting firm, predicts India could supply more than half of Asia's workforce in the coming decade. Reason number three. Since Prime Minister Narendra Modi came into power in 2014, his government has attracted record foreign direct investment. Modi has been credited for his strong reform agenda to improve India's business environment. The World Bank gave a nod to his efforts, improving India's ranking and its ease of doing business ranking from 130 to 100. With all those great reasons, today we're going to dig deep into those reasons that why an investor in the U.S. should consider investing in India. From Stuttgart.io, this is Renegade Investors, the show that rebels against the conventional wisdom of investing. We are Hoda and Arash, your hosts and the co-founders of Stockard. The conversation on this show is not investment advice. The hosts and their guests may or may not have invested in the companies we discuss. Don't make investment decisions solely based on what you hear on this show. Hello, podcast listeners. It's Hoda, co-founder and CEO of Stockard and the host of Renegade Investors Podcast. Let me give you a bit of background about today's episode. If you've already joined our Facebook group, you can see that we have members from all around the world, especially from India. It looks like so many Indian people are interested in the stock market. And that's where this episode all started. Beside our Facebook group in the past few years, the growth in India has surpassed China. India's economy is expected to grow more than 7% in the next few years, while China's growth rate has slowed down to around 5-6%. to And every few weeks, we hear about the likes of Amazon and Walmart wanting to enter the market through acquiring the local startups. News like that tell me that India can be the next big investment opportunity similar to how China was. And for those reasons, today I've asked Stockard's senior financial analyst to join me to discuss whether India is the new China. Hello, Shama. Welcome to our show. Hi, Hoda, and hello, podcast listeners. I'm Shama. I'm the senior financial analyst at Stockcard. I have a master's degree in finance, and I have been a stock market investor for past few years. I'm also the portfolio publisher of Emerging India Portfolio on Stockcard, and I'm very happy to be here today. Thanks, Shama, for joining us. Glad to have you on the show. For those of you who are using Stockcard's platform to do your investment research, you are already familiar with Shama's work without knowing. Shama is the heart and soul of our internal processes to publish stock cards. She makes sure the data quality is there and so much more. Thank you, Shama, for everything you do for stock card. But before we jump in into our discussion about India, how did you first get started 
in stock market investing. What was your tipping point to get started? So as you know, I'm from India. I was born and brought up there. And during my childhood, my parents advised me uh, stock market investing is pretty risky and it's similar to gambling and no one should actually invest in stock market. But later when I studied finance during my graduate course, I realized that most people do not understand stock market. They fear it because they have very less knowledge of how it works and the difference between trading and investing. So for me, learning about stock market was exciting and challenging at the same time. And I started enjoying the process of analyzing the company and finding and discovering new opportunities to put my money to work. I love that background story. I think the combination of your enthusiasm for stock market investing, your education and the work you do day in day out for stock card makes you a perfect guest for today's episode. So as I said, I feel there's a lot of excitement about investing in the stock market uh, by Indian people. Let's first talk about why it seems so many people from India are interested in the stock market. That may give us a bit of clue about whether the stock market in India worth pursuing for us investors in the U.S. Yeah, you're right. Till 1980s, stock market investments were not a thing for everyday people because they had less income, they were in the lower middle class and had zero tolerance for risk. However, gradually, as people started earning more and grew the wealth, they became interested in stock market and finding out opportunities to invest their money. So especially this, this tendency grew in the years of technology boom and people started investing small amounts in the stock market. So today, all middle class and upper middle class individuals think about stock market investing as a part of their regular financial planning. That's a great segue into some of the reasons why India can be the next China. From some of our previous episodes, we know one of the reasons to invest in China has always been the growing and large middle class population. It looks like that pattern is repeating itself in India. I actually watched a video on uh, YouTube by CNBC International YouTube channel about how India's middle class is growing. Let me bring that up. Many multinational companies are excited about India, dreaming about selling fast food, smartphones, and fast fashion to a rapidly growing middle class. But right now, that middle class with income levels of similar populations in cities like Hong Kong and Singapore is extremely tiny, estimated to be just about 1% of India's population. Because of this growing middle class and wealthy Indians, the volume of stock market investments has grown in the past couple of decades. Also, the exposure to global media and knowledge about investing has made people in the country aware of the different investments and avenues they have. Yeah, of course, there's a correlation between the growth of the middle class and the participation in the stock market. They have more disposable income and they can start thinking about putting the money uh, to work for them. But more importantly for us, the investors in the U.S., I think the growing middle class means fuel for the economic growth. All those people now can afford to pay for consumer goods, food, fashion, banking, and that means growth for the country and, of course, for the companies that are selling those products and services. A growing population and a growing size of the middle class is definitely an asset that many other countries don't have access to. But uh, this is something that India has, and this is one of the similarities between India and China. 
the situation and the potential growth is even higher, I believe, in India, uh, judging based on what I've heard on the CNBC international report we talked about. Yeah, to the point about Indian economy's impressive growth rate, I think there's an interesting mix of companies in India that are creating this growth. On one hand, we have these new young companies that are creating the latest technology-driven products. And on the other hand, we have old, large, stable ones, which have been in the business for several decades. Also, foreign companies are interested in India now because they see so many expansion opportunities in this emerging economy. Um, foreign direct investments and foreign institutional investors have been the biggest drivers of Indian financial markets. I like this multi-sided stock market and investment opportunity in India. As you said, on one hand, you have the stable companies. And on the other hand, you have the startups and fast-growing companies that are emerging. And then you can sprinkle on the the uh, international companies that are making inroads into this, into the Indians market. So um, let's actually talk about some of the examples of those emerging industries, because we all know about the stable companies. It's more easier to understand. But uh, what are those emerging industries that uh, you are considering? Few of the emerging industries in India are digital payments, infrastructure, and healthcare. Also, there are companies in cloud services, and business process outsourcing that are growing in India. I like the example of digital payment uh, as an example of an emerging industry. Uh, last year, we saw the country's uh, prime minister pushing for modernization of the country's financial system, currency, and a reduction in the cash in circulation. I've read uh, that this strategy created a temporary slowdown in the everyday people's consumption, but for sure, this modernization and introduction of digital payment into the economy, it's a good uh, push and good long-term growth potential for the country. In November 2016, the government's withdrawal of 501,000 rupee notes shocked the country. 86% of the country's currency could no longer be used in shops. Then, while businesses were trying to recover from that policy, the government implemented the goods and services tax in July 2017. It's the biggest tax reform since India's independence, consolidating India's many taxes into a single structure. Digitalization is in full force in India. Government of India is taking so many initiatives um, to reduce the cash circulation and to boost digital transactions. A product called Paytm is the most preferred one for online payments everywhere in India. And I just realized it is the subsidiary of one of Warren Buffet's investments called 197 Communications. Warren Buffett has invested in Paytm's parent company, 197 Communications. With this, Paytm now has three marquee investors, including China's Alibaba and Japan's SoftBank. The investment manager of Berkshire, Todd Cobbs, will join the board of Paytm. Joining us now is Vijay... Interesting. If Uncle Buffett sees the potential, so should we. So let me kind of recap what we've learned so far. We've learned that India has been growing... Uh, it's the middle class population. It's growing rapidly and foreign investments is pouring into the country. And, uh, most importantly, as you said, all of these things are the result of the pro growth strategies and policies put in place by, uh, Prime Minister Modi. 
Are you worried about too much reliance and confidence in Modi and his government? And are you, are you sure that he can keep it up so that we can use that as a, as an indicator that, in, that India is a good investment opportunity? Yeah. So Modi has done well on many fronts in the past four years. However, his term is coming to an end and he is bidding for re-election. But as you know, it is a lot of uncertainty about this election result, as just like in any other country. So this is definitely a risk. Also, there's tension about war in uh, the northern part of India and the actions approved by the Modi government. And so even if Modi stays, there are these issues and risks that every investor should think about before investing in India. Interestingly, if you listen to former head of Reserve Bank of India, he agrees with you on the risk that government uh, poses on potential investments in India and the disruption that the war in north of the country can create for the India's uh, economy. The conversation was about the economics uh, of uh, Indian uh, growth. Uh, the lack of jobs, for example, was a big issue uh, till a few weeks back. Since then, there's been a cross-border skirmish with Pakistan, and issues of national security have also come on the plate. And uh, my sense is, as we go into the elections, all these issues, uh, jobs, uh, uh, national security, but also uh, how much respect government has for the various institutions we have, such as the uh, Reserve Bank, the uh, Central Bureau of Investigation, all these issues will be debated and the attitude of the government in power, as well as the attitude of the opposition will become big factors in how the voting goes. I have another uh, concern when it comes to investing in India, and that's about the impact of regulations on uh, foreign investments. Earlier in the year, actually, I've read about the news related to e-commerce regulation changes in India. Uh, can you talk about that? What was that all about? Yeah, that's a bit technical because there are two types of e-commerce models. One is marketplace and other is inventory. And India allows 100% foreign direct investments in this uh, marketplace model of e-commerce where it just provides the tech platform for f sellers and buyers to connect. But India does not allow foreign direct investments in the inventory model as it is trying to protect its vast unorganized retail sector. But this is the model that Walmart and Amazon uses in US where they own all those goods and services, which they directly sell to retail customers. So uh, Amazon and Flipkart can only operate the marketplace model in India. So that kind of restricts the scope for expansion for companies like Amazon in India. As long as we're talking about the regulations, we can't forget about the trade wars. It's the it's the India and U.S. trade war that I'm talking about. We've all heard about China and U.S. trade war, but there was news about India and U.S. Uh, trade wars as well. Um, does that make you worried? And is that something that we should consider as we think about India? Good point, actually. Recently, President Trump notified Congress about his intention to end the favorable treatment India gets or under the generalized system of preferences 
where um, U.S. allows many products from India and other developing countries to enter U.S. duty-free. So this is kind of another similarity between India and China, and it's obviously not a good thing for either of the countries. However, there's a silver lining for India here because um, the products that are being imported from U.S. to China are becoming expensive because of because of the tra- tariffs. So, so Indian government has started a significant push to replace American products, especially the agriculture products, at a lower cost. In a way, trade war is not necessarily a bad thing for India because it's getting an advantage over U.S. in the Chinese market. Right. So now what I'm learning from this conversation so far is that similar to China, investing in India comes with regulatory government related risk. But yet again, with an economy that is growing higher than 7% per year, uh, there's definitely interesting investment opportunities in India that I am interested to explore for my own portfolios. And uh, that brings us to uh, the emerging India portfolio that you just published. Our listeners may know that every month we publish a new investment theme on the Stock Cards Portfolio Store. And April's portfolio is called Emerging India. And guess what? Shama, you are the portfolio publisher. Of course, uh, listeners can follow your work on stockcard.io backslash portfolio store and look for uh, the emerging India uh, investment theme. But uh, better yet, today, uh, I'm excited to hear from you firsthand some of those companies that you've been monitoring and watching um, to add to your portfolio in the future. Sure. Yeah, I would be really happy to share some of my watch list so that the listeners can follow the Emerging India portfolio. Uh, One thing that investors and listeners of the podcast should know that there are a lot of companies, big and small, that are shaping the future of India, but but investors in US cannot directly invest in them simply because they're not listed on the US stock exchange. Oh, no. Good to know. That's a bit different from China because many Chinese companies have either IPO'd in the U.S. directly or they're available for U.S. investors um, to be invested in. But going back to India, if it is difficult to pick Indian companies and invest in Indian companies for a U.S. Uh, resident, how did you come up with your own watch list and, and potentially uh, already invested in some companies in India, knowing that many of them are not directly investable? Well, there are a couple of them that you can invest directly. Uh, I'll mention them in this podcast. In addition to those companies, we can pick a few Indian index funds that include some of the companies that we are interested in. Also, let's not forget uh, about American companies and international companies that are making inroads in India right now. So I personally feel it can be a really good mix of Indian and US companies, as well as index funds and ETFs with a focus on India's market. Nice. Let's go through some of them. Maybe first, let's talk about those more stable foundation companies that are shaping the foundation of the India's economy? Sure. So there are several Indian companies on the U.S. stock exchange that an investor in U.S. can think of investing in. There are companies like Infosys, uh, ticker is INFY, HDFC Bank, ticker is HDB, Dr. Reddy's, ticker RDY, and Larson & Tubro, ticker LTOUF. 
these companies are considered as the basic foundation of indian economy and in addition to that in order to invest in other stable companies us investors might be better off picking one of the index funds such as inda that cover a lot of different indian companies right so that's good for the foundational or pillars of the economy what about some of those emerging startups and emerging companies that uh, you've been talking about yeah so there are new markets emerging in india one of them that was on my watch list is the online travel industry so companies such as make my trip ticker mmyt and yatra online ticker ytra are the expedia and booking.com of india that investors can consider nice i'll make sure i'll add these tickers to the show notes the podcast notes so that listeners can have them handy if they're looking at some of those um but going back to those emerging markets one of the emerging market that caught my attention is the food delivery um market or industry i was watching a netflix show called cooked you have an industry that is trying to undermine cooking as an everyday practice and if i lose that tradition of cooking i've actually and in one of those episodes they talked about the food delivery industry in india it was really mind boggling seeing this army of people on scooters and motorcycles delivering lunch to the offices um i know international brands such as dominos um is going into indian market is there an equivalent to grubhub of india Yeah so food delivery market is growing like crazy in India. Indian companies like Swiggy and Zomato are in high demand. Unfortunately, we cannot invest in these companies right now. But one thing I'm excited about is Uber Eats. It's making its way into Indian market. And once it goes public in next few weeks, we'll be have the opportunity to look at the company and analyze its and analyze its reports. So that one is on my watch list. In addition to that we can still benefit from growth of food in India and consider companies like McDonald's, Domino's, Pepsi and Nestle that are already capturing a big share of the market. I think they'll continue growing in India for many years to come. Also there's there are interesting comparisons with the companies in US. Like I feel Eros now is the Netflix of India, jeevansathi.com is match.com of India and Snapdeal is the e-commerce website that is just like amazon so these might be some of the future ipos that we will look into in the future right so that seems to be already a great starting point for investors who are interested in india uh before india becomes the next hot thing uh for investors um i think there are opportunities in india at very reasonable price levels at this point and india can be based on what we discussed today the next china for stock market investors if they are at least starting to build uh their watch list and monitoring some of these companies that you talked about and hopefully pick up some of the good ones for their portfolio that's why i'm really excited to follow your emerging portfolio your emerging india portfolio in april uh and just so that our listeners know uh how can they find and follow your work on india and invest along with you yeah so we have this portfolio already on the portfolio store so our listeners can have a look at it on our website we have already picked three stocks till now and going forward in the month of april we'll add one company to the portfolio every week and then later if we come across any investment worthy company we'll just add it to the portfolio 
So listeners, to follow Shama's work, go to stockcard.io backslash portfolio store and look for Emerging India. And with that, Shama, I really want to thank you for joining this episode of Renegade Investors Podcast. Thank you, Hoda, for inviting me here today. Coming up next episode is a conversation with Mark Bernberg, founder of thegreenfund.com and the publisher of a portfolio by the same name on Stockcard's portfolio store. You know, we had the massive run-up in late 2017 as California legalized for recreational use on the 1st of January 2018. Um, and, you know, all pot stocks went what was, went what was through what was called the Cali Rally. Uh, and, and, and honestly, it didn't matter. You could throw a, a, you know, a dart at the dartboard and pick a stock and it would have been two, three hundred percent up in that sort of late 2017 into 2018. Make sure to tune in. We will talk about whether you should invest in the cannabis industry. And you may also pick up a few industry lingo such as Cali Rally or the Green Rush. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to us now or visit Stockcard's portfolio store on stockcard.io backslash portfolio store to find either of the Emerging India or the Green Fund portfolios. We'll see you next time. Our website is stockcard.io. Stockcard is a cheat sheet for long-term stock market investors. Sign up and create a free account with one click. All right, folks, that's it for this episode of Renegade Investors. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you had fun listening to us, give us a review. We read all of your reviews and comments. You may even get featured in the future episodes. Yeah, large number of Indian people still believe in decisions based on astrology, even for investing. Investing gurus have been in business for many years now. There are many websites one can refer to for advice from an investment guru to decide whether it's the right time to invest in a specific company. In the last few years, there has been a 45% increase in the number of people going to these groups. I'm shocked too.